You are listening to Coffee and Consent, Episode 1. I'm Alicia. And I'm Nikki. And this is the podcast where we discuss autonomous birth, medical freedom, conscious parenting, and more. Here we go. Hello, listeners. Welcome to our very first episode of the Coffee and Consent podcast. I am Nikki. And I'm Alicia. And we're very excited to be here. (laughs) I feel like we're going to talk each other. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I feel like even before we had the idea to start this, we had been wanting to have all of these conversations and it's so needed and we're just excited to be here. I think uh, it's going to be fun and hopefully a learning experience for both of us Mm -hmm. and for others and all those that listen to kind of maybe have a different approach, think about things in a different way, shed light on things that maybe, you know, there needs to have more light shed Mm -hmm. on. Definitely. So, yeah. Well, would you like to get started by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Alicia Cruz. I have um, an Instagram page, Instinctual Birthing, and I am married to the love of my life, which everybody says that, but it's true for me. Uh, we have five children. Our oldest is 15 and our youngest is seven months. Uh, so they're all kind of uh, spread out there. Um, but uh, so I guess briefly, my, my first birth was... Um, I was 22. I didn't know anything. I literally walked into the hospital blind. I had no idea about anything. Um, I went to one doctor, my last doctor's visit, and they said, up, you're 40 weeks and five days. You need to be induced. So I said, okay. So I went to the hospital and started the cascade of interventions of all the things, uh, Cervidil, Cytotec, a balloon, Pitocin, two epidurals, state all, episiotomy, all the things. Um, Yeah. So that, uh, after that experience, I remember sitting in the hospital and I had a very clear thought. And I, I remember this even now, all these years later, looking at my baby and thinking to myself, is this really how birth is supposed to be? Is this really what we're doing? This is normal. I knew in my soul it was not normal, but yet everyone was was doing it. So that started my path of why. Um, I went to nursing school after that. Had my second child uh, when my first was six. So there's a, you know, there's lots of, there's years there that that was lots of learning and unlearning and kind of picking up on things um, and it just kind of morphed from there. Um, my second birth was in hospital, but was totally, um, unmedicated, not natural in any sense, because I was not in a natural environment, not surrounded by natural things. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a healing birth because it kind of, for me, resolved all of those little wrongs that had happened with the first birth. So I was like, okay, I didn't need the Pitocin. I went into labor on my own and I was 41 weeks and six days with him. And 
I didn't need all of these things. So that kind of opened my eyes like, okay, I don't need all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. why am I going to use it if Mm -hmm. I don't need it? Mm -hmm. I remember how good I felt after that, but I didn't have all those drugs and all those things. I'm like, I felt like a million bucks, totally night and day difference from my first birth. Mm -hmm. And I bonded with him immediately. It was just totally different. I was like, wow, this is awesome. My third birth was a home birth. My fourth birth was an emergency (laughs) C-section because my uh, baby decided to be in transverse position with a shoulder and arm presentation. Mm -hmm. And then my fifth, my most recent was an H back in my house, in my shower. And it was amazing. It ticked all the boxes for me. So yeah, uh, I hope this podcast helps people, you know, and uh, I hope we have some good conversations because I think that's what we need to be having more of conversations, not just about birth, but other things too. And that's how we learn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm Nikki. Uh, I'm married to James. And he is an officer in the Navy. We've been married a little over three years. Uh, We have two kiddos. Jesse is two and Charlie turned one um, earlier this week. And I'm not ready for him to not be my baby anymore. Um, (laughs) uh, Jesse was born at home. And as great as that birth was, there was definitely uh, room for improvement. Um, I greatly enjoyed the midwifery care that I had at the time. I would not have that model of care again. It was uh, heavily medicalized, heavily regulated, and sold very much as, you know, what midwifery used to be, right? But they still brought all the medical stuff. They still brought, you know, she gave me two shots of Pitocin without really explaining any of the risks. Um, when my water broke with him, it had had meconium in it. And while preserving, you know, keeping her cool a little bit, she did make it clear, like, we need to get this baby out right now, which again, I wouldn't think, you know, meconium in waters is, is a reason to like really, really Mm -hmm. rush things. But my water had stayed intact until he was basically crowning, like with that contraction and my water broke and there was meconium, he was coming anyway. So I only pushed for about 15 minutes and he ended up being fine, but it was pretty scary. I definitely felt her concern. I think I asked 10 times in the first five seconds whether he was okay. You know, I was a little freaked when he was first born, but I did have, as soon as they held him up and I saw him, I immediately had that, like, that's my baby feeling you know, and Mm -hmm. it's so heartbreaking when women don't experience that, when they don't feel connected, when they don't have that insane high that biology tells us is normal to have. So that was my home birth experience. I did have postpartum depression after him, and there were a lot of contributing factors, but the Pitocin was definitely one of them. And I was able to process through that with time. I didn't, I didn't medicate. I didn't, you know, go to therapy. It was life circumstances changed and time heals wounds. So 
I didn't have postpartum depression after Charlie. So Charlie was born in the summer of 2020 at the height of <laughs> all of the insanity that is 2020 um, and looks like 2021 also less so, but um, so he was born in a hospital for non-medical reasons. Um, we had just moved to California and I was about 36 weeks and just couldn't, you know, devote the time and money and energy to trying to find an in-network, you know, home birth midwife who still had availability. So I chose a hospital birth. I settled for a hospital birth only in that it wasn't what I wanted. And I was very much at peace with that at the time. Of course, looking back now, because everything was so normal and didn't need assistance, I kind of wonder whether I should have gone at all. But of course you can't change anything. So I, when I was pregnant with him at 37 weeks, um, I went in for one of my OB appointments and I was informed that I would be having a cervical check. And I had just had my group B strep screening, which I would decline now, but I had my bottoms off and the paper sheet over my lap. And she told me that she would be checking me and walked over and put her hand on my shoulder to lay me down and forced her hand into my vagina while I was shaking and crying on the table. She pulled it out, told me I was at a one, pointed to my hospital packet on the counter and walked out while I was still laying there. And that was immediately following a completely unnecessary emotionally horrific transvaginal ultrasound to try to see Charlie's brain because he was already head down. And so I cried the whole way from one appointment to the next and then cried the whole way home after my OB appointment. And it was just, it was just horrible. So I was very thankful that that OB was not um, working at the hospital the day that I wanted to have Charlie. So both labors had just started slow in the night, you know, with some cramping. And I went in and had Charlie three hours after I got to the hospital. Everything was pretty routine. It was the same as Jesse where my water didn't break until right before he came. So I only pushed with Charlie for about 10 minutes. And we stayed until his 24 hour screening, which if I were to ever birth in the hospital again, I wouldn't, I would ask to be discharged right away. because. They asked me, I mean, right after I had him, do you think you can get up to go to the bathroom? And I hadn't torn at all with him. And I was like, yeah, I could walk right out of here. Like I felt 100% after he was born, I didn't have any perineal pain at all. I was at a zero for the entire time after he was born. So um, those were my two labors. We were trying to conceive for the few months before my husband went on deployment. Um, but I was still kind of in the postpartum cycles era and it didn't happen. So hopefully we have a baby in the year of 2022, which will be exciting. Um, and I co-founded and co-hosted the Fiat podcast, which um, has been changed to the Wombs Made Worthy podcast. And that is um, one where Catholic women share their birth stories kind of from a Catholic perspective or within a Catholic context. And that was a project that was very near and dear to my heart. And I ultimately left because 
almost all of the guests who were on had experienced abuse on the part of their provider to some extent, whether it was just scaring you into an induction or, you know, it got to the point where one of them had a provider who gave them an episiotomy without notice or consent. And by not talking about the abuse that they were experiencing in an effort to not make them feel like they had done something wrong. Cause of course, when you're abused that shame cycle, like, why didn't I do anything? I mean, I experienced that in the very isolated abuse event that I experienced. I still experienced that, you know, why didn't I say something? Why didn't I kick her, you know, or whatever? Like, why didn't I go after her license? Why didn't I do all of these things? So I was in an effort to not make these women feel like they had done something. I was just not talking about it. And I am not okay with being the reason why abuse is normal because people are not talking about it. So I decided to leave that project, which was sad and necessary. So I was processing all of this with Alicia via Instagram. <laughs> and she <laughs> said, you know, if you wanted to start a podcast, I would start one with you. So we are here and we're going to be talking about important things that aren't talked about enough in an effort to help make people help people make um, decisions that feel right to them based on the truth, not based on what their parents did, not based on what their sisters are doing or anything, but based on who we are as humans, where we are in terms of our access to information and tuning back into the intuition that we would be able to live by if there weren't so much noise. Mm -hmm. So that's really why we're here and we're excited to get some super interesting and enlightening guests on um, to cover a lot of different topics. So we're very thankful that we've received the support that we already have. And we're very much looking forward to getting some content up and running for you guys. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be lots of fun. I'm very excited. I'm so I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited we're gonna start recording the podcast. I know. Yay. I wish we could just record all of it right now though. Like yeah. just have all oh, of our yeah. guests oh, on I, in one I day. Could, just talk for days. I could talk for hours and hours. <laughs> I and this this to me is the ultimate catharsis being able to verbalize, you know, it's one thing to write something down and yeah. put it in an Instagram story, which is very fulfilling for me as well, you know, because I get feedback from what mm -hmm. I post negative, positive, whatever, you know, you don't have to agree with me. I just want you to think about it. Mm -hmm. The wheels turning, you know, cause I mm -hmm. think that's a lot of, um, that's a lot of the issues that we have, not just with birth, but in our culture, especially mm -hmm. in the United States. Everything is very automated and mechanic. We're just going through the motions. We're not thinking, we're just doing. This is what we're told, let's just do it. And mm -hmm. then we're squashing our feelings down and saying that this is normal when it's really not normal and we need to be talking about it more. So I think that, you know, this will definitely help mm -hmm. 
help maybe people that are listening mm-hmm. process some of their unresolved traumas. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that, you know, that could be the case for some, maybe mm-hmm. even help us because we've both have, you know, traumas have experienced, you know, forms of abuse in the obstetrical system. I mean, mm-hmm. just when I was, before we started mm-hmm. recording, when we were talking, like it automatically made me think of a couple of situations with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, a midwife in the hospital gave me a gave me an episiotomy and didn't ask, didn't say anything. She just did it. And it's that kind of stuff that we definitely need to be talking about. Not just the lack of consent, the enormous lack of consent in the industrialized system, but also things like quote unquote midwives, medwives, right. You know, really operating like an OB in midwives clothing, like women think that they're getting a different model of care just because their provider has the title midwife. Mm -hmm. And that's not at all a good enough indication of what their philosophy really is or the application of that philosophy really is. Midwives, you know, violate women at almost the rate that OBs do because midwifery is, because midwifery is under obstetrics and it's still all the same research and training and philosophy that's that's being passed down to midwives. So it ends mm-hmm. up being a lot more counterproductive than, than women think. They think they're avoiding obstetric care or abuse, quote unquote care, um, by choosing a midwife. And most of the time, the vast majority of the time, that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly it. So the topics that we'll be covering at this point, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> is uh, informed pregnancy decisions, um, autonomous birth, conscious parenting, which that's kind of an umbrella term that Mm -hmm. for me means, you know, attachment parenting, biological parenting, um, kind of everything that the world doesn't think is a good idea. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. And uh, yeah, nutrition, medical freedom, all of the above. So we're, we're excited to get some people on and for us to just talk until we pass out from exhaustion or until one of our Uh, babies needs to nurse. That's right. Uh, It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I I love, you know, being able to talk to like minds Mm -hmm. is, especially in our current climate is, very refreshing mm-hmm. you know because um i consider myself to be a pretty strong-willed individual you know that i just do my own thing i march to the beat on my own drum i'm rebellious i guess you could say in many ways um but it's nice to be able to talk to people that say yes i agree with you yes mm-hmm. i know where you're coming from i get it mm-hmm. yes or i've been feeling yeah. the same thing but i've been afraid to say it or i didn't even know that Absolutely. that was an abusive thing for a provider to do, Mm -hmm. or I didn't know that I could say no to this, or I didn't even know that that was in a vaccine or, or anything like that, Mm -hmm. that just plain isn't talked about. That's really why we're here is to talk about things that are important that don't get talked about. Absolutely. We want to thank, we want to thank you guys for being here on this journey with us. And thank you for all of the support that you've already provided and stay tuned. Yes. Thank you guys.
Our DMs are open if anybody wants to reach out either on the podcast page or to Alicia at Instinctual Birthing or to me at Nikki.French. And we look forward to talking. That's it for today, everyone. Follow us on Instagram at Coffee and Consent. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.